I'm Michael Foster, and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, skill, and wisdom. In today's bonus episode, I'm going to talk to you about posture, body language, nonverbal communication, and all of that. In seventh grade, my hair hung below my shoulders. I had really long hair. I was going for something like Kirk Cobain, but it was much closer to Billy Ray Cyrus. And it seemed cool at the time. It, it wasn't at all. And I only mention it now for context. My long hair was the cause of a very slow awakening. I went to middle school just outside of Roanoke, Virginia in seventh grade. So both of my parents worked. I had to ride the bus home, school buses. As anyone that went to public school knows, they're a painful introduction to the complex social hierarchy of society. Where you sit and who you sit with is everything. And I was a new kid, and I was like an outcast, so I, I had to sit far away from the back seats at the very front of the bus at the beginning of the year. I had no inn with those kids. We lived in a kind of farm country house, and I didn't know any of the kids from the, the school district at all yet. And I lacked the confidence to create an inn with them. And that slowly changed thanks to my friend Eddie. Eddie and I got paired together on a project in math class. I knew who he was, uh, but we hadn't officially met. He was this huge seventh grader, scary black kid that sat in the middle of the bus with a seat all to himself. Eddie was pushing six feet at least, I don't know, 200, 220 pounds, something like that. He had mastered that ice cube mad dog stare. And I, on the other hand, at this point in my life was a very skinny, socially awkward white boy that just moved there from Indiana. Yeah, I liked quantum leap and comic books and and i had this mullet so i was really nervous about the pairing but a friendship developed i moved from the front of the bus to eddie's middle seat my status was on the rise every morning and afternoon i'd look forward to our talks we talk about two live crew which starter jacket was cool and the fly girls on in living color and comic books and movies and all that stuff eddie schooled me in culture and i helped him with his math and this went on for weeks until eddie said we had to have a talk and it went something like this he said yo mike you do this thing with your hair when you get off the bus everyone comes over to the windows to wait for you to do it and when you do it and you always do it they all laugh you gotta stop doing it it's super gay and it makes me look gay too and I was horrified because it was absolutely true. I did flip my hair all around when I got off the bus. I would take my ball cap off that I kept my hair under, and I just like to feel the air move through my hair. <laughs> it is, it's hilarious to think about it. It was uh, also a function of me being proud about my long blonde hair, and I was vain, and my vanity had made me the laughing stock of that bluebird bus. Eddie made me more self-aware. Communication is more than words. It's about how you carry yourself. It isn't just what you said, but how you said it. It's a package deal. And I've been slow to apply this lesson in my life. I have stopped flipping my hair around. I did that right away. And a few years later, uh, due to the loving encouragement of my friend Quinn, I did get a haircut. 
but it stalled there for quite a while. And let me explain why, as it demonstrates the other side of the coin. In high school, I, I underwent a physical and temperamental transformation. I packed on the inches. I grew really quick, put on weight. I left behind all the geeky stuff for wrestling, martial arts, weightlifting. Uh, my once fearful, passive demeanor was replaced with an ever-growing, aggressive one. I got suspended several times. I, I got expelled one year. Uh, by the end of my junior year, I was the exact opposite of my seventh grade self with the exception that I was still socially retarded. I was a textbook case of a kid raised without a strong father. The only thing somewhat unique about me, I suppose, was that I happened to embody both of the typical responses. In middle school, I was the weak, effeminate boy. That boy was replaced with an abrasive macho punk in high school, and neither are manly in a biblical sense. Uh, in high school, I dressed in such a way to show the world I didn't care. The attitude was even expressed in the way I conducted myself and carried myself at church. Where when I was even going to a church where folks would tend to dress up a little bit on Sunday mornings, I'd come in with uh, my shirt untucked and baggy pants and and flip flops, and it was just my way of showing them that I don't I don't care what's expected of me here dress wise. I'm independent of this, and I remember I was watching The Social Network where Mark Zuckerberg is confronted by his business partner. I can't think of his name, but it's played by the guy that played Spider-Man. And he's criticizing Mark Zuckerberg. He says, Mark, you and your F-U flip-flops. And I realize that at that moment that I was using my dress, my posture and all that as a way to, to show the world that I don't care about them. Again, that's a sort of brittle fragility. And it was a similar problem. It was a, it was a sort of disconnect from how we communicate with our body. Many men are absolutely clueless when it comes to eye contact, posture, handshake, proper deference, dress, tone, inflection, other nonverbal aspects of communication and interaction. It's a very big problem for the millennial generation and the I generation. Most people will blame it on technology. It certainly plays a part. But I blame it on egalitarianism, and I would also couple it with fatherlessness. Let me explain. Egalitarianism diminishes sexual distinction and thereby diminishes the importance of the body. Most nonverbal cues take the form of body language, facial expression, eye contact, posture, clothing, etc. Egalitarianism teaches us that our identity has nothing to do with biological realities. In doing so, it undermines the centrality of body language and communication. And the church hasn't escaped this problem either. Evangelicalism has long lacked a doctrine of the body. Consequently, its immune system couldn't fight off the disease of egalitarianism. It's now been thoroughly androgenized. The ministry of the church is, in, by and large, it's general neutral. An androgenized church can't help men be men or women be women. It only ministers to people. Therefore, it can't address the widespread issues of effemacy in men or brashness in women. This is especially true because of those issues largely reveal themselves through body language. The idea that certain postures, clothing, or facial expressions could communicate something uh, spiritually wrong with a person is not only foreign but highly offensive to the modern evangelical mind. For example, I posted on Facebook a while ago this uh, Soylent Grin collage. I don't know if you guys know what the Red Pill Movement is. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. But I came across this collage in a Red Pill video on beta males. The video mockingly called this wide-eyed grin the new male smile or the Soylent grin, right? Soy, 
uh, is a way to say someone's effeminate because of the estrogen in it. It's a very mockable look, and it captures the goofy immaturity of so many modern men. So I posted it on Facebook. Why? Well, not to mock it. I figured a lot of guys are late learners like me, but it triggered a bunch of uh, folks right away, as I guess should have been expected. Christians are uncomfortable talking about anything other than the ethereal or spiritual. As soon as you start talking about body parts, posture, appearance, clothing, all that, they get offended. My main goal was to say that this this looks stupid and immature. It makes you look like a lovable man-child. Think Andy uh, from Parks and Rec. It's not a good look if you're trying to communicate maturity and mastery, if you're trying to look like a man. Body language matters. This idea is taught clearly in Scripture. Consider Proverbs 6, 12 through 15. Solomon warns of the worthless and wicked man. He communicates his perversity not only verbally, in verse 12, but also non-verbally with body language. It says, a worthless person is the one who winks with his eyes, who signals with his feet, who points with his fingers. So we speak with our body. The worthless man speaks deceitfully with his body language. Matthew Poole says, he vents his wickedness as by his speech, so also by his gestures, whereby he secretly signifies what he is afraid or ashamed to express openly to his accomplices. But body language is just a medium. It can be used to communicate good or bad things. In 1 Peter 5.14, it says, Greet one another with a kiss of love. The holy kiss is part of the greeting. It further communicates the intimacy that is shared among the brethren. Family touches each other, right? First way I'm greeted by my wife or children is with a hug. And I know some creeps will seize on me saying family touch each other to mean something perverted. And sadly, All touch has been eroticized in our pornographic society. And I highly recommend Anthony Enselin's, he's written a great article on uh, what's called Requiem for Friendship. Again, though, we we communicate through our facial expressions, our touch, and our posture. Clothing is an extension of this communication. It also speaks. It tells people if you're lazy, serious, sexually promiscuous. You broadcast a message through your clothing. If a woman can communicate vanity through gaudy clothing, think 1 Timothy 2, how much more so a man? Vanity is a clear sign of effemacy in men. Women are to be known for their beauty. Therefore, we understand their temptation. Men, however, are to be known not for their beauty, but their strength. And the androgenized church is unable to help a man that's caught in such a sin. It has no category for it. They have no doctrine of the body. They're offended that we would say something's wrong with a guy but because of his appearance. They can't understand verses like Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman must not wear men's clothing, nor a man wear women's clothing, for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. They can't see how nonverbal cues can speak lies about God. They don't see how a man acting or dressing like a woman is sinful because at a functional level, they don't think of the body as being either male or female. They just think of us as disembodied souls. But God made you male or female. You have a body And that's part of your identity, and you need to embrace it. You should live out your God-assigned sex. The more you do so, the more it will be reflected in your nonverbal cues. So we, we communicate a lot by our posture, tone, and dress, and this should be taught in the home very early on. But we live in a fatherless age. 
the lessons, these lessons are being left untaught. We're unschooling the basic. And that's why uh, young men are, are turning to YouTube to learn how to dress, how to, how to uh, command charisma, how to work on their, their body language, power positions, all this sort of stuff. And I'm thankful for the few friends that were willing to speak up and lend a hand. I know I've benefited from them greatly. Eddie told me not to flip my hair. Quinn encouraged me to get a less girly haircut. I remember Mr. Bao told me to stop looking at the ground when people talked to me. He was my biology teacher. Uh, my youth pastor's husband, Gary, told me my handshake felt like a dead fish. My friend Doug Ammel pointed out that flip-flops and a t-shirt isn't a good look for a pastor's college student. These men weren't trying to humiliate me. They were trying to improve me. They are brothers and fathers, and I pray God will give you a few that would be willing to say, do you realize how you come across? Do you realize what your appearance communicates? Here's what you need to change. I pray that God will give you men like that, good brothers, good fathers that look out for you. Until next time, I'm out. Mm-hmm.